0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Six, Jordan, open. with the lead. To a game, not a game,
2: not a game. We're talking about practice.
0: What with no reason?
1: Good day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA podcast. It's me, Mitch Casey here, and tonight I am joined with my good mate, Callum Mack. How you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good, Mitchy. How you going, mate? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. We've got the the NBA season well underway now. We've had some trades involving James Harden already. We've had a lot of fantasy basketball being played. Uh, we're well into the season now, uh, so it's all it's all exciting stuff.
2: Yeah, How 100%. Are you doing, man? And- I'm, um, I'm getting pretty ramped up about this uh, draft. The 2020 draft has some surprises in there, I'll be honest. I We were going into it thinking it may not be the best draft. There's a lot of people paying it out. I, I guess COVID yeah. may be some, some reason to it, but it's looking pretty good so far. What, what, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, my, I'll, I'll share my thoughts in a sec. I'll just I'll let the listeners know what we're covering in today's pod. Where um, So obviously, we're talking about the draft. Um, like you said, it's a bit of a down year, or was projected to be. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be breaking down... Uh, sort of our favorite picks and things like that. Then we'll sort of turn our attention to uh, some fantasy stashes uh, in our fantasy pod. And then we're also going to be talking trades uh, in, in our pod uh, later on and how you can best execute your own fantasy basketball trade uh, to sort of win your league and gain the upper hand. We get a lot of trade questions on on YouTube and in our comments. So uh, looking to answer a few of those here. So, um, Let's move on to our uh, what we were talking about with the draft and, and all the rookies on, on this class. And um, if you do like talking about NBA or fantasy basketball, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Chuck us a like if you can. And, and if you want to hear sort of more up-to-date um, commentary, uh, follow us along on Twitter as well at uh, BallBoysNBA. Uh, and we're tweeting stuff all the time. If there's like a rush to grab a quick player, you'll hear it first on Twitter before we make a video about it. So... If you do, um, check it out there. Uh, but yeah, these NBA rookies, mate, they're they're, they're not doing too bad. Um, give me your first initial impressions on on the class. You think it's better than was advertised? I
2: think it was definitely better than advertised. I, I think that there is four legit like stars in this draft, and oh. there could be more because um, it's obviously yep. so early on. But I, I think it's it's surprisingly deep as well um i guess give or take the covid's let a lot of these guys have a bit more opportunity because of the protocols um but that being said that they are performing pretty well and and there's definitely a lot of high side um a lot of upside for these
1: young players yeah okay uh we'll get stuck into those those stars that you, you you named before uh interested to see who you think are the the players that stand out to you but um um, yeah my, my opinion of this draft I think it's better than, than what I initially thought it was uh, I don't know if I'm quite as high on you on, on the overall talent level I think it's deeper definitely than than what we initially thought which I guess was was never really the criticism it was more the standout superstar talent at the top end uh, it was always talked about as a flat draft but I think that it goes deeper than the initial projection suggested so some players in the late sort of first round are still producing very quality minutes uh, for NBA teams so I think there are a few standouts um, that uh, a bit of surprises this year um, including one uh, Celtic rookie who I will get into (laughs) later (laughs) that I was very surprised by Uh, but first off we want to sort of I know this is really early this is really early but we want to compare the 2020 to the 2019 class so this current class to the 2019 class so I'll run through a few highlights from each draft class. Obviously, last year, you've got some huge names in Zion Williamson and Ja Morant, uh, the two leading men there. Uh, But you've also got some guys like Kobe White for the Chicago Bulls, Tyler Hero, uh, PJ Washington for um, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Eric Pascal, RJ Barrett for the Knicks, Darius Basley, Matisse Dybal, and Brandon Clark to name a few notable players there. Um, and for the 2020 class, you've obviously got LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, um, Tyrese Halliburton has been a big surprise. Um, Anthony Edwards has been the number one pick. Jury's still out there. Danny Abdia, Tyrese Maxey has been a name that's been coming up. Killian Hayes, Patrick Williams, uh, and Obi Toppin to name a few. We'll go into it more later. But just based on those names you've, you've said, and again, it's really early, uh, which class are you taking as the quote-unquote better class, Cal?
2: I'm going to say right now. I think this 2020 draft is has more superstar talent and also a deeper draft. Really, um, it okay. might be a hot take. Sell- but I, I'll sell it to you. I'll happily sell it to you. Yeah. 2019, Maybe. it's pretty clear. You, you got two studs in Zion and yeah. Jamarant, and and yes, that look their ceiling may be a bit higher than some of the drafts in the 2020. So from that perspective, if you're looking best player of of the two drafts, those two would definitely be probably top three. Um, Definitely yep. in the top five. So they're, they're right up there. But after that, it really does sizzle off in the 2019 draft. There are some names, but I don't really see that high ceiling kind of star level in, in many of these players. Um, hmm. You know, Kobe White, yeah, he's a scorer. I still don't think he's going to contribute that much to a really good winning team. Um, yeah. You know, Players like, you know, RJ Barrett. DeAndre Hunter, Cameron Johnson are a couple you didn't mention who look like you know kind of uh, good yep, role players, yep. and, and I think yep. a lot of this draft is more of like a role player draft. Aside from that Zion and ja Morant, um, you know, stud at the top one and two. What, what's your What take about your boy? Well, what about your boy Tyler Hero? I thought uh, as a Heat fan, you'd mention uh, him. He's he's cool. looking pretty good. He's looking great. Like he's he's a bucket. Let's let's make that clear. Tyler Hero can get a bucket, hundred yeah. um, percent. But yeah. I still he's probably. You know He's not a number one or two option on on a championship team, I don't think. I think his ceiling might be like maybe a number three option if if it all works out. And even then, I feel like his defense is a bit limited. um, So he doesn't help you that much on that end. So he'd probably probably be be the third, probably best player
1: in that draft currently, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I think it's either him or Kobe White, and I'd probably lean towards Tyler Hero at this stage. Um, uh, Look, I tend to agree with you. I think... I'm probably, again, a little bit higher on, like, Zion Williamson and Ja I think in the past, like, this draft, the 2020 draft, and their draft, 2019, I think they are the top two players. I, I don't think anyone in this current draft is going to be as good as those two as long as they stay healthy. Uh, and I think they both have higher ceiling than anyone in this class period, really, for me. Um, and, and so I guess it, it is a question of, like, you know, ceiling of the best players versus the depth of the rest of the draft and, and what do you value more as determining the better draft. Um, you know, I see this 2020 draft as like, yeah, there's there's some starters on here, but again, a lot of role players that I think are will be effective role players. But but I, I don't know. I'm curious to see your case on, you know, you said there's four star potential players here. I'm curious to see who, who you have there. Maybe five. Maybe five. Okay, I can think of maybe maybe two or three. But hit me with hit me with those um, star players that you're thinking from 2020.
2: All right. Well, I, I I think these guys have just as big a ceiling as you know, say a John Rant or Zion. Because so I think the sky's the limit. From what I've seen, I think their potential is just through the roof. So I'll start off. I'll say Lamelo Ball has maybe he's convinced me. Yeah. I, I was a bit of a hater. What I'm seeing him yeah. do is pretty damn impressive. He's an incredible passer. His shooting still. Is a project uh, I feel like his shot probably say five years from now hopefully it starts clicking and he can be a bit more efficient but there's yeah. so much yeah. else on the court to still kind of contribute because um, he's he's you know tall long gets rebounds gets really good assists um, can still make people honor you and honor your shot um, while getting yeah. so many other people involved so he just he's one of those guys who bump up a team a lot moves the ball so much gets people um, you know motivated to make cuts and and you know go for some of those passes that he makes so he, he's definitely up there for me. Um, James Wiseman as well I think that kid is just so talented you see some of his highlight real stuff and like there was a, a game I think about a week ago he just grabbed a rebound and took it down the court, court. yeah um yeah like that's I know it was a sorry a block then he ran down and dunked it yeah like, not many people yeah. can do that that's like Giannis kind of level
1: yeah yeah he's so, got he's got those flashes he's got flashes of brilliance and and like I think you said the key word there he's got like that Giannis kind of you know, that big body, dribble down the court, blocking shots, dunking the ball. Um, look, I don't think he's quite the ball handler that Giannis is, but there is there is some flashes of really high potential in James Wizen. But it, it is only flashes at this stage, I think, for him.
2: Well, we're talking about flashes. I'm seeing some flashes from Anthony Edwards as well. Like, that dude is just yeah. crazy athletic. Um, some of the plays he does... He's just so quick, and um, you, you can tell he'd just be able to break down so many different defenders. I just hate his shot selection. A lot of his shots is so dumb, and I really hope yeah. that he can improve. I feel like if, if it does click one day, this guy's ceiling is once again superstar because he is so elite athletically, and he's still pretty long. Like he's a solid, you know, six five, you know, long long arms. Jump out of the fucking gym. Um, I think he's got a yeah. like ceiling for him is through the roof too.
1: Hundred percent. It's just that, yeah, IQ that see- needs to improve. See, here's where you lost me. I think, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm well down on Anthony Edwards. I, I just, I, I feel, I'm i just getting the Andrew Wiggins vibe from him. It's like, you know, that first year that we watched Andrew Wiggins, we said the similar kind of things. It's like, oh yeah, this Blasher, he's so athletic. If he only just improved his shot selection, if he only, you know, wasn't, you know, making silly plays, but that, that never, I don't know, for some reason, that doesn't seem to leave certain players' games. And I'm worried that it's that going to be the case for Anthony Edwards and he's always going to be just you know, an inefficient scorer with little else. Um, I don't really see playmaking in his game. I don't really see, you know, yes, he's a bigger body and he might be able to play defense, but I don't see the work rate for him to be able to do that or the instincts for him to do that. So I don't know. I'm I'm a bit down on Anthony Edwards. I think he'll be an NBA starter. I I don't see really star potential in him from what I've seen so far. Again, it's really early, uh, but that's where I'll, I'll disagree slightly with you there.
2: Yeah, I think the negatives are more there um, just because yeah. IQ is pretty important. It's something that, like, St. Lamelo has through the roof. Just a little um, bit. Why creates so many, so many more players. But Anthony, I would say, that kid is a freak, freak athlete, 100%. Yep. So if, if it does click for him, I mean, uh, James Harden kind of ceiling, if, if it does click for him. Um, All right, who's the other?
1: You, you mentioned four or five. Who's the other two? Um,
2: interesting enough, I don't think, oh, no, you do have them on your list. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton. Come on. Yeah. He's bowling. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's looking he's... like a solid, solid player for like 12 years from now. Um, really good. This gets people involved, can do it all. Um, no weakness to his kid's game and he can only get
1: better. I would, uh, I would even argue that he could potentially win rookie of the year this year. He probably is leading the race right now. Um, you know, you talked about those others too in terms of upside, but this guy right now, he is performing really, really well. Um, so I, I like that pick. I don't th- obviously he doesn't, I don't think it's the same upside as those other two, but in terms of like a floor and what he's doing currently, yeah, he's, he's really, really impressed me. I know Michael was really hot on him. I was sort of a bit skeptical, but he's definitely won me over. And I think landing in a situation like the Kings where you've got Darren Fox as the main ball handler and he can sort of work off him, come in and run the second unit in, in certain stages, I think that's been really beneficial to him. Whereas if he was sort of like in Detroit, you know, as the main point guard, I don't know if he'd be as successful, but um, yeah, really, really happy with what I've seen from Tyrese Halliburton. So uh, I, I give that one a big tick. There we go. And here we go. Here's my number five. <laughs> I can. this guy right. could
2: be like a Kawhi Leonard type guy. Did Anthony um, Edwards, have you? Oh, you said you oh, said oh, Anthony oh, sorry, Edwards. No, um, <laughs> let me take Patrick you, you. Williams.
1: Patrick uh, yeah, Williams. Yeah. Have you have okay. you seen this guy play? I have. I have seen him play. And um, I'll, I'll give a spoiler. We've got a bigger surprise section coming up later. He is in that bigger surprise section for me because I was down on the pick when they made it. You know, he was the fourth pick in the draft. And I was like, what the fuck? This guy didn't even start in college. Uh, it was, it seemed super random at the time. But he's, he's looked really good. He's looked like an efficient scorer. He's got sort of like the athletic physical tools. Uh, bigger than what I thought. Um, Yeah, that's the one thing
2: that surprised me. Like, this guy is big. Like, he is a massive guy. And, like, he's kind of, right now he's got that mid-range just kind of working for him. um, Which is why I do kind of say he's a bit of a Kawhi Leonard. And not only that, but LeBron James, when he was guided by him about a week ago, he he said, this kid's got all the tools. Um, He does remind me like Kawhi, like a young Kawhi. Yeah, right. So, um, if you have players like LeBron saying that about you, that's pretty impressive. And as I said, the eye test, this guy is a big dude. A legit, like mm. kind of like six eight, six nine, small forward who's can move um, and can hit that kind of mid range game. So it, it just takes him a few years to really stretch it out to the three, and I, I think this kid could be very legit.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hot take. I, I like it though. I, I I do I do see the potential there. I think it would take a little bit to get there, but if it all works out for him, he, he could be one of those sort of guys that um you know ends up being you know an all star at, at some point. Um, I I do think it will take a lot of things to go right, though, Um, particularly the fact that he's in Chicago. And I don't know, their their player development over there is not not always the best. So we'll we'll see how that all goes. Um, I do want to mention uh, two two more names um, in terms of highest potential. Uh, And I want to get your thoughts on these guys. We haven't seen much of this player yet. He's actually only played one game uh, due to injury. But... Um, a player that I was really high on before the draft, and that is uh, Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, I'm really excited to watch this guy play a little bit more. I was pretty annoyed that he went to the Hawks uh, just because he's going to be playing behind John Collins and Capella. I was hoping that the Celtics would actually trade up to to pick this guy because I think he, he could potentially be an all-star at some point. Um, not necessarily a superstar, but but like that you know, all-star big man that does his roles, play good defense and is an efficient scorer. Uh, I think he is sort of the prototypical big man in the NBA at the moment and what teams value as, as, a, as a center. Um, so I, I really want to continue to see this guy um, progress and, and, and shine and get more minutes in the NBA. So what are, what are your thoughts on, on
2: Um I think I'm probably not going to say his ceiling's that high in my opinion. I think he's going to be a real good role player um, for a very long time. Um, d- defensive catalyst to, uh, you know, some good teams. Um, maybe he can make an all-star game, but I don't think he's really got that superstar jumping out at me. Uh, yeah, I'm
1: not calling him superstar. I'm calling him like, uh, his. a lot of people compared him to Bam at a bio. I don't think he's going to have Bam's ceiling because I don't think he has the playmaking and ball handling that Bam has. But everything else he sort of does have, like that, that Bam does in terms of that He's, he's able to guard guards, switch and play out in the open open court on defense. Uh, he's super athletic. I don't know if you've seen the highlights from him in college. He's really athletic, very agile, uh, can jump out of the gym, and he's seven foot one. So um, all the physical tools are there for him. Uh, and, I, and I definitely think that he's someone that now that he's back in, in action and, and got over this injury that we should be keeping an eye on um, in the future. <clears throat> Um, the, the other guy that I wanted to talk about, and I, I'm on the record saying that I'm 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 pretty high on this guy, and he hasn't turned out well so far, and that's that's Killian Hayes. Um, look, I'll take the L on that one so far. He he hasn't been very good. It's still early, uh, and though. he's been. It is still early, and and I've seen some flashes. Although, look, in all honesty, he has been disappointing so far. So, um, do you think that it's yeah? Like you said, is it still too early to sort of have? Yeah, like judgment on him, or do you think he's sort of going to be a disappointment?
2: Look, it's still too early. I'll say that. But that being said, I, I don't think it's looked too promising. This has nah. the out of the whole draft. This looks like the biggest bust um, so far. Obviously, he has heaps of time to redeem himself. Um, he's injured. Let's hope he just takes some time. Really comes back a hundred percent. And um, look, he's, he's with that Pistons team. Who will give him a lot of opportunity. So he should be able to learn. He should be able to grow.
1: Yeah. I think, I think part of the reason I think he has so much is because he is with that Pistons team. And that team's a mess at the moment. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the coach is doing. The rotations just seem strange. There's a, a severe lack of shooting on that team. Um, there's no spacing on the court. And for someone who struggles with athleticism, that is going to hurt him because if teams are able to sag off, he's not going to be able to beat his man uh, and he's going to struggle with that. His playmaking's looked okay. Uh, and his shooting has been suspect as well. So something I thought that could be a little better was his shooting uh, compared to his numbers overseas, but that hasn't happened so far. So perhaps it is real. Perhaps he's not the, the greatest shooter in the world, which is something that I was anticipating him to be better at. But uh, I, I still hold a, a little bit of hope for for Killian Hayes and that he can turn it around. Um, once that Detroit team leans into the, the youth movement a bit more and, and they play some other young guys that can shoot the ball. Uh, let's Let's move on to some... Uh, surprises in the NBA draft. Uh, I mentioned someone before, but I'll, I'll hold that for a second. Uh, do you have any other big surprises um, to, to watch out for or that, that have surprised you so far,
2: Cap? Um, look, There's a couple which I did kind of mention and I'm, there's a few names that is kind of coming out of nowhere as well. So I guess yeah. I'll say Emmanuel quickly. Um, he's yep. been getting a bit of opportunity, um, fortunately, for the, what is it, the Knicks? Um, yeah, the Knicks, and he's yeah. He's taken advantage of that opportunity. He's looking really good. He looks like a bright spark. Yeah. Um, it's still so young as well, so you, you like to see that um pick up I like um, Sadiq best... Bay as well. Um another oh, yeah, guy for Detroit. You know, traded from to Detroit. It's that weird team in Detroit, but I don't know. I, I watched a couple of Detroit teams because they are weirdly okay to watch. <laughs> I'm just a bit yeah, curious it's a bit what of they're a, doing.
1: <laughs> it's a bit of a car crash, you can't keep your eyes off it. Exactly, exactly. And and <laughs> yeah. when I
2: see him on the court, I actually like what he's yeah. doing. He's big frame, big dude um yeah can, can get the ball in the bucket sometimes so I, I think yeah he can shoot it a, definitely a surprise
1: yeah he, he can shoot the three that's for sure yeah. um so I, I I don't mind that pick I think he should play more minutes um for some weird reason they're playing Wayne Ellington over him uh they're playing you know like all these veterans when I don't know why they're not gonna win in games they're not gonna push for any playoffs contention. so I think they should play him more um so I, I like that pick. Uh, I will say, Emmanuel, quickly, I think he's the best rookie in New York. Um, shout out to Obi Toppin. Um, he's looked really good. He, he's maybe even pushing to be their starting point guard later in the season. Um, we might touch on this a little bit later in the uh, in the fantasy uh, segment of, of the, the pod today. But um, he's looked. he's efficient at scoring. He can shoot it. And to win over minutes on a Tom Thibodeau team as a rookie—that's that's impressive. He doesn't he doesn't give rookies too much of a run normally. So, um, well done to uh, to quickly.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a good kid. Um, you, yeah, it takes COVID really to make uh, Tom Thibodeau play some rookies, and fortunately, yeah. that's what we had this season. So he got some opportunity, yeah. and I, I think he's knocking on that door for that uh, that that role, hundred percent for the starter.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that's come across. To you. I, I've just lost your audio a bit there, Cal. I think you're back now. Uh, let's let's move on anyway. Um, well, we, we won't spend too long being negative, but but I do want to talk about some some busts in the NBA. Um, now, I don't know if this is a bit harsh, but but I'm I'm calling Anthony Edwards. No, it's definitely harsh. It's definitely too harsh. But I'm calling Anthony Edwards the biggest bust of the draft so far because I don't know. Like when you had James Wiseman and Lamelo Ball there. Um, I just think that this guy is clearly nowhere near as good as those two. Um, there was always a big three. It, it was never him as being the head and shoulders above the other two. So I think you've, you've swung and missed there if you're the Minnesota Tim Wolves. And I just I, I just don't love it And I don't love his prospects moving forward. Uh, I have some serious concerns. Uh, obviously, I'm being really harsh, calling him a busk, being only a few games into his career. But... Um, with the limited sample size that that's that's what I'm leaning on so far uh do you have any other guys I mean we talked about Killian Hayes before is there anyone else that you would call a bust this early on in their career
2: um I was never
1: a big fan
2: of um Danny Advia um yeah I don't know I just I never loved this game draft number nine it's, the Wizards are starting him and they did say that he did win that position um but I don't know I, I just there's not much competition that that's true. That is a good point. Um, yeah. But w- when I watch him, this it's not he. kind of just looks like a s- solid-ish player, but I feel like he's just going to end up being kind of like a I don't know, like a Saric maybe, just like that level of player, a guy who yeah. could start but be pretty average and then could come off the bench and be okay. Um, and and for your number nine pick, I think that was better Like you could have taken Tyrese Halbert at that pick. You know, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, there's better players out there, I think. But um, anyway, yeah. uh, that's one on my list.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I also want to shout out um, Isaac Okoro. I know he's a defensive player, but even still, man, this, this guy struggles to do anything else. <laughs> he uh, he can't put the ball in the basket. He's got no jump shot. Um, sure, he might be a defensive specialist, but I think I think you need to have a little bit more to bring to the table, and maybe he can develop it in the future. He might be one of those project-type players that, that comes along a bit slower, but uh, not really impressed. And at pick number five, yeah, I think you could have got a lot, lot better uh, options um, than that if you're the Cavs. You, know. you, you, you didn't have too much talent on there, so just get the best player available. You didn't need to draft based on positional need at small forward. Um, so I think that was a mistake by the Cavs. Um, all right, let's move on to our last segment here for talking rookies. Um, and I just want to highlight a couple of rookies that I'm watching that I think could actually be sneaky good. Um, I've got a few names in here. The first one I want to throw out there is um Desmond Bain of the Memphis Grizzlies. He is currently um, uh, I believe, in the top ten in the league, not of the rookie class, but in the league of three point shooting percentage. Specialist.
0: And
1: yeah, he he is a shooter. And I don't know if you've watched many Grizzlies games, but this dude is jacked. He is he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a thick a
2: he is a big yeah, guy.
1: He, looks, he looks strong as, and um, he he's a solid player. He, he he looks like he can score the ball efficiently, which is something that they don't really have over there in Memphis. Um, and I play solid defense, um, not outstanding. He doesn't have the longest frame or wingspan, um, but someone who I am looking at as being potentially um, a late round. He was a late first round pick, so a bit of a steal in this draft. So, do you have any other sneaky good rookies that we're watching? Well, uh, I'll touch on
2: Ben. He was actually the last pick, so it was number 30. And oh, I think yeah. like this is when yeah, his classic dropped because he's a bit older. He was 22. But he's yeah. a big dude. He can shoot the ball. He'll have a good career for sure. Like the man can hit a three. So, um, yeah, if you can hit a three, you've got a career in the NBA. Mm. I'll say one sneaky good guy to watch is um, is, is one of your favorite players, Mitch. And um, I probably can't say his name yeah. pri- uh, quite. Oh, right, I think but, I know. Uh, Alexei <laughs> <Pakushevsky>? <laughs>
1: Yeah, Alexei Pokasevsky. There, there you go. go.
2: There we go. Yeah. He's just kind of weird to watch because um he's just so big and skinny. Uh but still kind of thinks yeah. he's a point guard. <laughs> I don't know. He, he just like tries yeah. to do some handles, tries to do a dribble like step backs and interesting dude. Um I'm I, yeah, he's a very yeah. mixed bag. I'm not really sold on him yet. Um but a a very interesting talent,
1: so uh, look, I'll keep an yeah. eye on him just out of curiosity. He's a hundred percent. Look, I, I actually own him in, in one of my dynasty leagues, um, and and I, so I watch a lot of his games to sort of see how he's going. And I see flashes. I see flashes of something really special, and then I'll see something that's that's really ordinary. And he'll just he'll throw up a brick or or do something real dumb. He he'll, he'll, he's ambitious, is what I'll give him. Like today in today's game, I think he threw like a half court lob to someone. Um, you know, like it was ambitious. It it nearly connected, but not quite. Um, but yeah, he's. He's he's a, a an NBA prototype that we've never seen before, so it's it's hard to get a read on on a player like that—a seven foot one, point guard, shot blocking, three point shooting, uh, skinny dude. So yeah, he's um he's one to watch for sure. So it could it could end up being nothing. He might end up just fading out of the league, but he he could on the other end be something special. So um, yeah, I, he's I, I the, do he's like the to, right
2: team for it. Um, OKC okay, will so give him as yeah. much
1: opportunity as any other team will. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to the fantasy segment on today. And if, if you are enjoying the podcast, please uh, hit like. Um, if you like fantasy basketball, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers, so it would be much appreciated if you could subscribe there. And if again, if you want some up-to-date fantasy commentary, follow us on Twitter at Bas- uh, Sorry, BallBoysNBA uh, and we can talk a lot of fantasy hoops over there. Um, we're going to be talking stashes uh, in this segment here. Uh, for players, again, this is for if you are doing well in your league, as Callum, I know you are, uh, sitting first in our, in our hoops league at the moment, um, or if you're potentially in a dynasty league, um, and, and, and players who we think are going to have good second half of the year, uh, potentially, and could blow up if a trade happens, an injury occurs. Um, players that you can sort of hold on to, uh, and potentially have big rewards. So I'll throw it over to you, Cal. Who's your first stash uh, for Fantasy
2: Hoops? Look, my first stash, and and after probably the last couple games he's played, he's probably a pick him up right now as well, um, yeah. is Lou Dort. I'm going to say Lou Dort is my number one. Um, he is one of those players He probably will be one of those, you know, have a hot night one night, and then another night he'll probably, you know, score eight points or something like that. But I think the defensive upside... He'll have the odd game like he did against Chicago on the 15th where he put up six steals. I mean, this guy is known for being the best James Harden uh, stopper (laughs) in the league. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, look, he'll play some defense, right? He's all about the fundamentals. He'll stay in front of you. we will get charges. Um, He can get a 6 steal game. There's not many players that get the the, the six steals. And on top of that, he hits threes. Um, So, from a fantasy point of view... Those two categories are pretty good. He doesn't hurt you at all at turnovers. Um, he, he gets reasonable rebounds, um, and he doesn't, he doesn't really hurt you in too many areas. He'll just have the off game here and there, but um, definitely upside is huge. He's going to get heaps of minutes. I, I'd like to think throughout the course of this season, he starts to take on a bit more of a role, becomes more consistent, and then by the end of, um, obviously, when playoff times happen for fantasy, um, he's getting more reliable steals, more reliable threes, and that, that shot's falling for him.
1: Yeah, I think, I think he's definitely someone, like you said, I think you can roster him right now and, and not worry about it. Um, I don't have his ranking right in front of me right now, but I, I'm pretty sure he's standard league rosterable at the yeah, moment. 109 um, is what he, I have up in front of me. Okay, yeah, definitely. So that's definitely someone who uh, may more than likely be um, taken up or scooped up in your league. But if he's not, I would definitely pick him up. Um, and someone, look, like you said, he's going to be hot and cold. Uh, I think he had a good game today. I think he scored 20 points, hit a few threes. Um so don't get discouraged on his down days and, and don't panic drop him. I think, obviously, OKC are not going anywhere soon. Um, the chances are players like uh, George Hill, uh, Al Horford, they're going to be trying to trade those players. Or if they can't pull off a trade, their minutes are just going to decline in the second half of the year as they try to get these young guys more experienced. So uh, Lou Dort definitely falls under that category and I, and I like that. That, uh, that stash um, I'm going to throw another guy out here again another person who you could pick up right now um, again from the exact same team Isaiah Roby. Um, I actually picked him up to stream in this week on my own team uh, because Al Horford is out uh, due, I think to, to the Judah is the birth of a child. Yeah, it was personal uh, and may
2: reasons. Not.
1: So he's on my fantasy personal team, has been reasons, annoying
2: yeah.
1: me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, damn it, come back to the team. But um, I think he might, he may even miss the uh, road trip coming up is some rumors that I've been seeing in the Twitter Twittersphere. Um, so Isaiah Roby may have some short-term value right now, but also some long-term stash value in the future because when Horford's down, he's been starting and he's been playing well as a starter. Um, put up a decent line today. Uh, and I think the, the the likelihood is that Al Horford will either get traded this year or his minutes will get reduced. So similar sort of situation to uh, Lou Dort. Probably less uh, ability to give you value uh, uh, further than these like games that Al Horford's away um, than Dort. But again, the good upside—he's going to give you rebounds. He's a big man that can shoot threes. Uh, decent passer i can get you a couple assists a game and, and solid percentages so um, definitely someone that you could stash on the okc thunder
2: yeah there, there's a few of those okc thunder guys who um I, if they get a bit of opportunity they could definitely explode i definitely just disp- maybe even keep that whole team i guess on my watch list because they're going to give people yeah. opportunities and if they have a few good games they might stick with them so i,
1: I think that i think the players we've named are probably at the top of the list um, and for if whatever reason if darius Baisley is on your Waiver Wyatt, please pick him up. He's definitely reserving of a roster spot, even though he's been down as of late. Stick with him. Um, let's throw it back over to you. Do you have another stash for us, Cap? I do. We, we spoke about him before. Emmanuel, quickly.
2: I think yeah. as a bit of a stash, um, he's, he's okay to get now because he's still in that backup role and he's still giving you something now. And the ceiling yeah. for him is that um, he just gets elevated to that starting role. There's been a bit of a push for it. Um, when he's performed he's played well Alfred Payton has been playing pretty average um, so that I think there is a chance that he does get elevated to that role the only question mark is Tom Thibodeau will he do it yeah um, it could, you could spin a dice it could go either way but it's still stash worthy for me even say if Alfred Payton goes down you have to pick this guy up um, so he's yeah. like the backup he's number two for that point guard role um, so there's definitely some ceiling there he's a stash
1: Yeah, he's going to give you a lot of points. He's going to give you some threes. Um, He'll give you a trickle of steals and some good free throw percentages. Um, And and, Well, he's been scoring pretty efficiently as well, so his field goal percentage won't be too bad. It won't hurt you too much as a rookie. Um, And he's looked really good. I I think he's a better player almost than Alfred Payton, and especially someone that, if I'm the Knicks, I would want to play over Alfred Payton. Now, if I'm Tom Thibodeau, who knows what I'm thinking. Maybe I don't think like normal people, but... (laughs) Um, look, if he finds himself in that starting role under Tom Thibodeau, his minutes could be up as high as like 35, 36 a night because we know he likes to ride his guys. So if he does make that that switch, he could be in line for some huge minutes. Um, and yeah, so I could, I could definitely see a world where that is the case. Um, I'm probably less confident on his minutes elevating compared to the guys that we talked about last from OKC just because of the nature of the coach and, and what the team's sort of doing. Um, but the, the pull-off is, is probably a little bit higher. So, um, definitely someone that if you've got the luxury uh, to try and stash him. And you, you get a little bit of value in the meantime in, in points and threes. So, something you could, you especially assists, in a deeper league you got, column two. eight assists two. Um, on the 17th. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm going to... Go back to the big man, all my stashes seem to be big men. Uh, and this is a home hometown hometown guy, uh, Robert Williams, uh, from the Boston Celtics. Now, this guy is a per minute beast when it comes to fantasy. He is only playing sixteen minutes per game right now, and is currently, if I just pull it up right in front of me, he's currently the 65th ranked player over on Yahoo, which is look, a bit a bit of fool's gold, really. He's He's probably not the um, it's the blocks you know, and
2: the steals uh, that this have been elevating him. That one steal. It's and the blocks, one and a half the
1: steals. Blocks. And and the field goal percentage is elite as well. At seventy seven percent. I know it's on four attempts, but but still that's that's something that's gonna elevate you. He's not turning the ball over, his free throw percentage is good. Six and a half rebounds is is okay. But yeah, those blocks and steal numbers are elite. And if he was ever to be either traded from Boston to a team that's gonna start him. Or if any one of Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice go down um, and he gets minutes in the 20s, he's going to blow up and he's going to be like that kind of someone like Chris Boucher who, who is currently a top 20 fantasy player in under 30 minutes a game. Um, he's going to be that type of per minute producer uh, on an NBA team. So definitely someone that if you can afford to stash and can give you that value in steals and blocks right now in a, in a reduced minutes uh, position.
2: I will say that um, this is a textbook scenario of when you should not go off rankings because yes. he, yeah he's shooting, yes. he's shooting 3.9 um, attempts um, from the field and he's also only shooting 0.9 three throws. But because the percentages are so good, it's being elevated um, and then with the fact obviously the steals and the blocks are good, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks are good as well. but he's just being jumped up to 65 um, on the rank when it really that, that probably shouldn't be reflected like that. Um, he's probably, yeah, like, it's a, where it's, would you rank him if you'd rank him from what you've seen so far?
1: Uh, he's probably closer to like the 100 mark, really. Um, you know, those steals and blocks are valuable. The six and a half rebounds are useful. And even in limited attempts, I know it's only four attempts, the field goal percentage is a little bit of a boost as well. So there are a few things. Obviously, he's low turnovers. So you're not getting any, any threes, you're not getting any assists, um, and the points are very very limited. So... Not much help there, but there is a boom in in several categories that makes him at least probably around that hundred mark. But in sixteen minutes, that's crazy.
2: That looks great for sixteen minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fucking great. I, I as a Celtics fan, I want to see. I want to see more of Rob Williams. So, uh, I think he's he's exciting. He's an exciting player, and he's actually shown glimpses of of good playmaking. He's a, he's not a bad passer, but obviously on that team, it's hard to sort of get too much of a role there with with all those sort of playmakers in in the team. Uh, we'll go through one more stash each Cal, who's your last
2: stash? My last stash right now um, he's only owned 13% in leagues is Eric Pascal Um, he's he's one of those guys like right now, yeah, he's putting up 20 minutes a game so he's still giving you reasonable kind of stats so it's not like the worst thing for for example, today he put put up 19 minutes put up 19 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists and a block, oh sorry, and a steal Yeah. Um, no turnovers, so you know He's, he's one of those guys, even in the 20 minutes, he still gives you something. Um, but the reason I think it's a stash is just because Drummond Green's always had kind of like an injury risk, um, injury concerns. Yeah, okay. He was out for the start of the season. Um, James Wiseman's a rookie. Maybe he'll tweak something. Like Their front court isn't the best. Um, yeah. So I feel like there is some ceiling there. If someone goes down um, and you have this dude in a bit of a stash and he starts playing the high 20s in minutes, that he really could start performing. Um, he can give you everything. He's one of those guys like an Al Horford with the fact that like, he doesn't hurt you. He just contributes, mm. gives you, um, you know, numerous categories um, without
1: affecting others. So I, th- I think he's a good stash. Uh, I will say he's, pro- he's not contributing very much in the defensive categories, but 0.3 turnovers, if you if you care about that, that's really good in, in nearly 20 minutes a game. That's actually really good. Um, and he's been playing well as that sort of like small ball five Uh, coming off the bench uh, for the Warriors and and is probably one of the reasons that uh, Wiseman's minutes minutes are limited at the moment as well as for some reason the fact that they love to play Kevon Looney um, for whatever reason. He always gets injured too, that's the thing, he he always gets injured. Yeah, he's not a durable player so that that answers my question I was going to ask you is that if this team does stay healthy I don't really see that the path for minutes in terms of like trade value or because I don't see them trading Draymond or Wiseman, obviously. Um, so I, I do think this one requires an injury for it to happen. So maybe if you are, a, a I don't know, a Wiseman owner or a, or a Green owner, he's a bit of a handcuff. Uh, if you have the luxury. Um, probably someone I'm less excited about than the other names that we've talked about, however. Uh, would you agree? Like, do you, do you prefer the other ones that we've talked about?
2: Yeah, well, I think the others, the ceiling's there for more of the opportunity. But this one is more of an injury. Yeah safety net yeah. um, and he can perform yeah.
1: yeah so someone definitely at, at least should be on your watch list especially if you own those players uh, and, and potentially if you are risk adverse you, could, you can pick him up as a bit of a stash um, the last one I want to talk about again another big man they always seem to be a big man for me um, and it's another Isaiah Isaiah Stewart uh, for Detroit Pistons. now I hate to be telling you this Cal but I don't know if Mason Plumlee is going to be the starter for Detroit for the entire season hey don't say that um Hey, I know he's on your team, and I know he's been good so far, um, but I don't know. I just, like, this team sucks, dude. This, this team is really bad, um, and if they keep going the way they're going, which they will, um, they're going to start playing their young guys, I'm pretty sure, and they drafted Isaiah Stewart somewhat high, I think, you know, in the teens, um, and based on his college numbers, this guy could put up some decent stats in in, minute, in limited minutes, so... If they do eventually make that swap from Plumlee to Isaiah Stewart, I think that he is someone that could put up some decent stats, um, rebounds, uh, some efficient scoring, some block shots. Um, so someone that I would be watching closely, especially if you're a Mason Plumlee, which I know you are, Cal. <laughs> look, I've got Mason. I'll, I'll put my eggs in that bag right now.
2: It's probably why I haven't been, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm, I'm the, on your um, you know biggest fan right now for this pick. Uh, but that being said, yeah, okay. look... He, he was picked at number 16 in the draft. It was a high pick. He was picked over some good players. Um, you'd think he the was. Pistons would give him some opportunity. They haven't given him a whole lot of minutes. He's averaging, what, 16 minutes a game, so it's not huge. Um, no. I probably think it's more of an injury thing, too. Maybe if they start to just go full tank, they could, but I don't know. Yeah. Like They gave Mason Plumlee a lot of money. They gave him starting center money. I, I feel it weird for him to demote him to the bench, especially when he is doing an okay
1: job. It's not yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It was just a dumb decision to give him money at the at the start. So like, <laughs> I I feel like they they'll eventually have to swallow their pride and go. All right, that was stupid. Uh, Mason Plum is not going to get us anywhere. We're not making the playoffs. Like, why are we why are we playing these old veterans? Like, let's give the young guys a go. So I, I feel like there's a path and it's there just because this Detroit t- team is is just so bad. But in saying that, I don't know. They haven't haven't done a lot of that yet. Um, you know his career high in minutes is 23 at this point so far so nothing super exciting but you know he's put up a double double in 19 minutes in the last couple of games Uh, so I think he has some potential probably a punt free throw percentage guy his free throws percentage is poor albeit on low attempts so maybe you could absorb it if you're strong in that category so just keep that in mind um cool well let's move on we've got one more segment to cover today and and we're talking we're talking trades now Again, we get a lot of comments on our YouTube channel, um, and we love the comments. Keep them coming, by the way. We we try to get to as many as possible, uh, and if we don't, I apologize. We're just trying to sift through all of these guys. But um, I wanted to address a few particular type of comments that we do get, and um, I'm not going to name the the people who ask these questions, but I've just got a couple of examples here. So the the first example is, um, should I trade Jeremy Grant, Drew Holiday, Chris Boucher, for Devin Booker, Curry Irving, and Mikael Bridges or Tyrese Halliburton. Um, now, the problem with this kind of question, and it makes it difficult for us to answer, is the fact that, number one, I don't know what the rest of your team looks like. Um, I don't know what your punt strategy is. I don't know if you're in a category or a points league. Uh, I'm not sure what the rest of the league is looking like. I don't know how many players are in your league, what your waiver wire is looking like. Uh, there's a lot of factors involved there when you're talking about multiple players in a, in a deal that have completely different skill sets, you know. In that example, you're giving up a lot of blocks, you're giving up a lot of steals, you're giving up a lot of field goal percentage, but you're gaining heaps of points, heaps of threes, heaps of steals and assists. So it's a complete statistical swap. So um, a really hard question to answer without knowing your team. Another common question is, who would you rather have in a points league, uh, player X or player Y? In this example, it's Capella or Toby Harris. Look, without knowing your scoring settings in a points system, it's really hard to, to... give you the answer and, and, and in points, um, it's pretty much just who do you think is going to score the most really is the simplistic answer. Um, there's not too much stock you should put into positional differences and things like that. So, um, again, based on your settings, that could be different. So another tough one for us to answer, but we're going to go and talk about just some general tips on how you can approach trading, uh, to best suit your team and, and give you the best results. Um, any any comments on those sort of general questions that we've been getting uh, on YouTube, Cal? Um I, th-
2: I think you summed it up well. It, it is hard when you don't know w- what, what team they have because w- you and I are both pretty keen on punting. And I guess we'll talk about it yep. a-, a bit further. But I'll, look, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll say what my first tip, um, and, and just in terms of r- right now in the regular season or, or throughout the whole um, season itself, is really just to know what other people are punting. And you can do that yep. pretty easily just by... Um, if you're looking, you look and say, met a short list of say five players, you'd look to trade, you know, player X for. Um, you, can, you can look at the specific teams that they're on. You could even look at the previous week if you're doing a weekly thing. Um, yeah. And you could just say, hey, look, he won in these categories. These categories, he stunk. How how can I try and make this work for him? And if you can both, you know, persuade an argument that's like, oh, you know, this works for you, it works for me, it's a win-win. I'm putting this, you're putting that. You know, put X Y. You know, you get Z. Beautiful. Um, So that's one way to do it, is just to know your league. Know what you're punting, know what other players are punting, and that's only going to work to your advantage.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think think punting is something that, yes, you should have considered at your draft, but it's also something that even if you didn't lock into a punt in your draft, it's not too late to either make a pivot or consolidate a, a um, or, or take advantage of other people's punts as well. So a good tool that I like to use is, uh, and again, we play on Yahoo. Um, I'm not sure if ESPN has this, but on Yahoo, you can go under the League tab um, and there's a section called Team Stats. And on there, it'll give you all the sort of results um, as well as totals in terms of what teams have done in certain categories. So for example, if I look at our team stats at the moment, Callum, you're doing pretty well at the moment. You've you've never lost in field goal percentage points, rebounds, and assists. So you're never doing lulls. well
2: there. Never lost. Never lost.
1: <laughs> but you've also, you've also never won in blocks and turnovers. So from that, I can surmise that you are punting blocks and turnovers. <laughs> just um, like that. So Just like that. I, I sort of can read your team and, and sort of get a gauge on where you're at. So I can now... T- um, sort of if you've got a player who has uh, some good blocks and i 'm looking for blocks, you might not value them as highly as I might value them, and I can get some good um, good results from a trade in that scenario there so um, that 's an excellent point i think from you there cal yep.
2: yeah yeah hundred percent um yeah well what what's your number tip from you uh
1: the tip the tip from me is is again a, a little bit compared to uh, similar to yours in terms of um Punting, but, but more on a general term in terms of know what categories you need to win. Um, you might be um, you know doing really well in a certain category, so there's no point in you making that category even stronger. W- what you need to be doing is determining if your category is so good that you don't need to worry about it or it's so bad that it's not worth trying to improve it because you're just going to get to average you want to be trying to consolidate those categories where you're, you're close to other teams in. So again, that league tab, um, team stats is a good thing to do. So if you are middle of the road in assists and rebounds, well, maybe those are the kind of stats you should be looking to elevate. Um, another thing that I like to do is, you know, on a week-to-week basis, look at your matchups, not only between you and the person you're versing that week, but also the stats that you have compared to everyone else in the league and sort of compare yourself. Oh, would I have beaten Team X or Team Y or Team W? Which categories would I have lost and won? And then you can sort of start to track um, which categories are your strongest point against certain teams and which ones are the ones that are sort of really close. And and on one week, you might have won. One week, you might have lost. So if you can get better in those stats, then that's where you're going to be sort of coming out on top consistently. Um, So look to bolster those 50-50 50-50 stats. Yep.
2: Um, I'll, I'll, jump yeah, in. Go I'll on, I'll say my next tip is is kind of focusing on the punt. And I feel like right now is the perfect time to do it. Um, when you're yeah. in... Th- right now, what, three weeks in, right? Or is this week four technically? Four, in, so.
1: uh, we, we've, we've gone through four weeks. This is week five. The it's first week, week was, okay. was shorter. Yeah, That's right.
2: So uh, I feel like right now is the perfect time is... You, You know what your punt is just because so many players do have question marks before the season. At this point, you pretty much know what your team is. Um, Mm. There's been times, a good example is when I actually went into a draft and I started to be punting um, field goal. I had Dame Lillard and um, Paul George as my first two picks one one season. And then after the first two weeks, I just had no blocking stats. I thought, say, like a Marcus I would put up more. He wasn't. I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of the players on my team that put up punts and I'll um, that's why I put up that um, category. I'm obviously not doing too well in, and then just totally tank it. And so I yep. instantly traded Marcus Ol had a good season that season. I traded him for Vucevic straight away. Not a dude on, good on blocks. Went full punt. And you know what? Guess what? I, I won that season. It was a, a great year for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a place like that. It's like, right now is like the perfect time. You know exactly what your team is. if if you weren't too sure at the draft which is fine sometimes you just get the best player that's there that's totally fine to that on on draft day but now you know exactly what it is and you can start really reaching for assets that fit that build and get rid of players that say a category using you're losing you know four you know three of the four weeks you get rid of him um and then this bring in a better asset for the you know stack another category
1: Yep. Yeah. For, for sure. Um, you could even go the other way. You know. So, say, for example, I'll use my team this year as an example. Like I set out to punt blocks this year. However, just as a sort of a late round flyer, I drafted a player like Chris Boucher, uh, who's playing really, really well um, and putting up uh, extreme block numbers. Uh, block numbers so good, in fact, that I could actually start to, if I made a trade to get another player who is a, an elite shot blocker, I could actually turn that into a category of strength. Um, I've got a player like Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back, so. There's two players and and blocks and more, blocks mostly is is the category that only a couple of it only takes a couple of players to really make yourself strong in that category. Um, so if it is a stat like that, you can sort of make that that turn and, and switch to sort of um, elevate yourself in, in a category like that. Uh, and sometimes players, you know, like a like a Brook Lopez. You know they may only really be good at blocks, but that could be really valuable for your team. And if their ranking is down low and and people are fed up by Brook Lopez not scoring many points or rebounding because he's a center and they wanted to rebound, then you can sort of float some low ball offers and and get some some good value there. So yeah, a, a, a big theme of our sort of advice so far is is getting a good handle on that punt and and really knowing your team and knowing the league's team as well. So. I think that's good advice. Uh, again, I'll give I'll give one more shout-out. If you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do so. We um, talk a lot of fantasy and NBA all the time, giving out lots of advice, talking a lot of smack talk. Uh, we answer lots of questions on, a, on our YouTube channel, so please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you want some more up-to-date uh, knowledge and, and facts about fantasy, follow us on Twitter at BallBoysNBA. Um, we'll chuck the, the link down in the description there, uh, but if you can follow us over there, that would be awesome. All right, let's go on to, I've got another sort of advice here. And this is, it sounds simple because we, we put out videos about it, but you need to buy low and sell high. And and specifically, do not sell players low. Don't panic. Um, <laughs> which, look, it's it sounds easy, but it can be hard to do because the emotions come into it. You know, like I've got a player on my team, Pascal Siakam. He's not performed to standard so far i had high expectations of him and he has not done what i wanted him but the worst thing i could do for right now is try and trade pascal second because his value is as low as it's going to be for the season so i'm going to get a worse return than if i just wait be patient and hope that things get better and then if i still want to trade him later on then the value might be there i might be able to get a fair trade um Do you, yeah, have you seen this one a fair bit, Cal? I know I've almost been victim to it in the past.
2: Oh, look, look, I've got a great example for you right now. Um, Yeah. Let's say the 238th ranked player right now in... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Who who is it? Actually,
2: (laughs) well, there's two different rankings. Look, either way, he's terrible. Right now, it's Russell Westbrook. Um, Yes. And it's because he hurts you so much. So far in the season, his um, field goal is 38%, five turnovers, Um, his three throws is terrible too. He's shooting five a game and only shooting about 66%. So because he's hurting with those three categories so much, um, it's so easy to maybe convince some guy, Hey, I'll take him off your hands. He's, he's hurting you more than he's really assisting you. Um, and, and that could really be like a, a buy low, um, assuming he picks it up. Obviously right now he's, he's out injured too, which I guess builds into the argument of some guy could be super low on Russell right now. They could just give him up for a player
1: that could be like a mid, um, round value. I guarantee you, if you floated a, a low ball offer to Russell Westbrook owner, you would have a good chance of getting him off your team because they'd be so fed up with him. But now that two hundred, would you say two hundred thirty eighth ranks is that's a total cumulative rank for the for the season, and that's because that for some reason these Washington Wizards just just have COVID ridden in their locker rooms and they're just getting <laughs> post games postponed after postponed after postponed. So he is not playing any games, and I'm sure the owner is super frustrated um, and. Look, he's sitting back-to-backs anyway, so um, the worst thing you could do as a Westbrook owner is, is trade him now. And, and look, if if an owner thinks that he's still top-20 player and is willing to trade top-20 value, yes, make the trade, of course. Um, but typically, that's not going to be the case. You're probably not going to be able to get that kind of value back, but... Um, so I, the, the best advice that we can give is just be patient on those players that have not performed up to expectations so far um, and trade when their value returns. Conversely, don't buy high on the players who are outperforming their expectations. Players like CJ McCollum, who, a bad example, he's injured right now, but uh, Jalen Brown is another one that comes to mind. Miles Turner, who's blocking over four shots a game. That's not sustainable. Make sure that you're not paying too much. These things will come down. And then you'll be able to get a fair price uh, rather than trying to buy them at their peak because you just have to have them and they've been so good. Um, patience is very important. Like, I know it feels like we're deep into the season. It's a shorter season, but it is only week five. So there is still time for things to, to spread out and, and even out.
2: All right. Well, um, I'll jump into some some trade examples. Um, yeah, give me with would, some examples. And we'll, we'll use some of these amazing tips that we just told you to, to really just... Uh, apply it so we'll go back to that Russell yeah. westbrook one what have i offered you john wall um for Russell yeah. westbrook right right now john wall he's putting up pretty good numbers he's uh outperformed himself i guess with expectations he put up about 18 5 and 5 uh, 1.3 steals one block as well while pretty efficient from the field um he is injured right now i'll say that but um it's like a sore left knee you yeah it's you'd not like a long term injury back. um but yeah. if i offered you that trade um uh, what would you say?
1: Um, again, look, it would depend on your, like we said before, it would depend on your team. If I'm a if I'm a team that I draft to Westbrook stupidly, might I add, <laughs> and, and I'm trying to look after my percentages and my turnovers, then yeah, I probably would want John Wolfe. He's going to be a better player and he's going to provide value in those areas and field goal, free throws, turnovers. He's going to be a better player in terms of an overall ranking. He probably will be better than that. Um, but, you know... If you've got Russell Westbrook, chances are either you went into the draft expecting to punt both or one of the percentages or you now have Russell Westbrook and now you are punting free throws and, and field goal percentage. If I actually go on to, and, and a good tool that we use, and, and shout out to um, Josh Lloyd, who's uh, the fantasy guru that, that we follow for a little while. He's got a website, uh, Basketball Monster, that I, I like to use and you can actually turn on the punts um, to, to value a player in how they are if i punt field goal percentage free throw percentage and turnovers guess how high russell westbrook ranks he is the 11th ranked player in that kind of build so if i'm punting those categories which i am in in my dynasty league there is no way that i'm trading westbrook for john wall because he is a first round player in that build so it's that kind of example where it's two different teams can give you a completely different results. so um are you surprised to learn that that he's the eleventh ranked player uh, with
2: those punts? It's pretty high, but look when you look at the he always puts such good counting stats and, and points yeah. assists and yeah. rebounds, so it's not overwhelming. He usually puts up the reasonable steals as well, and and this season yeah. he is shooting the three. He doesn't have D'Antoni whispering in his ear to just go to the rim. He's he's yeah. had a, got a bit more freedom to hit that mid range and hit that um that it's probably why his field goals dropped so much. But um yeah
1: yeah. Look, and his field goal will increase. His free throw may be this bad. His turnovers are probably this bad as well. But his, I, I guarantee you his field goal percentage will, will go up. It's not going to be that low. He's never been that low for his entire career. So when that comes up, the points are going to come up as well. The threes are probably going to come up as well. So he's definitely going to be a better player than he is right now. Um, but, of course, we do know that Russell Bristol hurts you in the percentages. Um, um yeah. So the other, yeah, speaking of that, I do want to touch on last last thing. Talking about general sort of stuff is that what to look for in terms of what makes a player a buy low and a sell high. In terms of what is sustainable and what is like a genuine breakout and a genuine or a genuine drop off, um, there are a few things to look out for in my opinion. Um, the the biggest thing and usually the most obvious thing is the percentages. If a player is just going out there and just putting up godly numbers on a huge percentage because they're just getting hot um and they're they're shooting the lights out their three point percentage their field goal percentage is through the roof chances are that's not going to sustain um you know i can think of a few examples i can't quite think of a few examples off the top of my head but um that is one thing to be um thinking about cat's just going crazy in the background (laughs) but uh, and the other thing is is uh, inflated steel or block numbers now I, I highlight these ones in particular because they're they're low volume stats you know five steals is a huge number and especially in a smaller sample size to start the season if you have someone who's averaging a huge amount of steals or blocks it's gonna seriously inflate your value and you know we highlight miles turner as a as a sell high because i guarantee he's not going to average four blocks for the entire season he's come out to a hot start blocking a lot of shots he will be a high shot blocker, but if you just go from four blocks to two and a half, which is still elite, that's a huge loss in value. So I um, will be looking at for those type of things to determine if someone's a sell high or a sell or a buy low.
2: Well, you got um, one more thing you're missing. I think opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah, there, there can yeah. be
2: these trades that have just happened, and some people might be like, "Oh, look, the ceiling for this guy it could be so much higher." And there's a bit of ambiguity. There's a bit of that gambling to spin the dice on this on this certain player that can make a sell high or even a buy low player so for example deandre jordan right now obviously just got yeah. elevated to the starting center role for brooklyn he'll get minutes He's, there's no jared allen whispering in his ear anymore um yeah. it, it could be signs of say like a flashback to not quite the clippers but let's say dallas mavericks where he put up 11 points close to 14 rebounds and then that um one and a half kind of blocks a game that's very elite in those areas. His field goal is well, huge at 64% field goal on, on six and a half attempts, massive field goal. So in those categories there, big bump, obviously doesn't hurt you in turnovers. The one thing is, yes, the, the free throws do hurt you. You have to consider mm. that he will go up um, in terms of attempted and he's never, never been able to hit them. So um, if, if I'd say, look, DeAndre Jordan right now is a, is a buy high. Um, if I offered
1: you, say, like a Clint Capella, w- w- would you be open to something like that? Um, I, I wouldn't be doing I, Those are two quite similar players. Um, in that example, I think DeAndre Jordan is just a bit... Uh, if I just look at him as a player, I think he's a bit over the hill. And I think that he's just basically on the downturn of his career. Um, yes, his rebound numbers could be good. His field goal percentage would probably be good. But the usage is going to be so low with the team of James Harden, Curry Irving. He'll be dunking. And,
2: uh, James Harden will be feeding him yeah. a lot of loves, man. Like uh, he's, yeah. uh, The field goal will be back up there. And to get the 10 points, you only have to have five dunks. And when he's on the court with James Harden, he'll get a few of those a game. And the other dunks he gets are usually this grabs a rebound and dunks it. So I,
1: I think he's definitely rosterable. I think, I think he's definitely going to be better than he has been 100%. But I just, for Clickapella, is a good player. And he's, he's a, a better shot blocker and a, you know, a better point scorer than, than DeAndre at this stage. So All right, I, right, I'd still DeAndre sign with ball. I'll throw that one at you you, haven't, uh, I know well, you two, have Lonzo on your on your team. Uh, yeah, I, I do have Lonzo. again it's a completely different build and and I think that you know one's giving you assists, steals, threes, the other's giving you field percentage, rebounds and and some some blocks there. So look, if you don't need one of those categories, then the other person's probably going to be really good. So again, their ranking may be similar or completely different, but to your team it might be it might be a, a different story, so um, always factor in your team first. Look, I'd know. say
2: I'd do it. it. My... I don't like Lonzo. Like Sorry. I'll hate oh, on your really? players any time I can. Um, but yeah, look, you're right. They're, they're two <laughs> completely different builds. They are two different, yeah. different builds, 100%. Yeah.
1: And, and look, in, in my build, if I was to, to you know, again, go basketballmonster.com and, and switch off field goal percentage, Lonzo Ball, he is nearly a top 60 player. Like, he... he Elevated significantly in, in a build like in my team so um, your valuation may be correct for your build my valuation can be completely incorrect for your build but but fine for mine so um, just be aware of that and that's when you can make steals uh, in, in your trades um, uh, when, when you go to make them and, and things like that conversely someone like a you know Devontae Graham or a Terry Razia who may Eventually, see the way to a Lamello ball starting and gaining more minutes, their minutes might drop. You could see them as a bit of a sell high, um, you know, because they're, they're playing well, they're doing a good job now, but potentially there's that threat of someone coming in and taking their minutes uh, down the line. So, that sort of roster uh, or, or threat of someone still in the minutes is something you do need to take into account. Um, Similarly, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker's coming back into the team now. Some shots are going to go his way. His usage is going to go down. So, here's an example of why that's a sell high at the moment. So,
2: well, what about let's say, let's have a look at Victor Oladipo as a, as a bit of a yep. sell high. Just got traded once again to opportunities there. Um, he's not chairing the ball. Brogdon's a bonus anymore. This is pretty much him and John Wall will be running the court. John Wall will rest games. He, he had his first game with them today and put up some really good numbers. What well, was it? It was 32.59. Uh, two steals yeah. really good um, You know, 56% from the field seven turnovers yeah look he, his usage is going to be up so his, his turnovers will yeah. be there but he definitely is a player that he's obviously not quite back to his all-star that he was but I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity where in a week um, to week kind of thing he, he could definitely have some pretty good value for a team so um, yeah. definitely could be a sell high for someone or you could just keep him and, and run it out a bit but if you want to sell high right now he's ranked uh, 43rd so let's say if you want to try and sell yeah. high for, say, maybe you like look of Shea. Um, at, he's actually 44. He's a similar ranked player. Yeah. Maybe even say like a Gordon Haywood who put up that good kind of points, rebounds, assist numbers. Um, he's ranked 28th right now. Maybe you could try and persuade someone to to make that trade um, depending on obviously the punts once again.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I think the overall message here is that ranks are, are fine. You can use them. And sometimes you would even use them in your argument to trade someone a player you know oh look i'm giving you a higher ranked player but they're almost irrelevant when you start to consider punting and and your builds and 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 things like that so they're fine as a bit of a guy but don't get married too much to the ranks because in that example i would definitely take shea over um a victor oladipo or gordon hayward over victor oladipo at that stage because i just think that what they're providing is harder to find um and and probably more sustainable they're not doing it on on you know uh, oladipo's um you know there's a bit of murkiness there in terms of his role Houston might be looking to to make some more trades down the line so a little bit less clarity I think Shay's opportunity and I guess he's just going to grow and grow as the season goes along so um yeah so a little bit to think about there we, we've talked a lot about our trades so hopefully uh, that can give you some some good value so um that that'll do us for today guys um thanks for joining us Cal um you're obviously doing well in fantasy, so we'll all do well to, to to heed your advice and and listen to what you have to say. That's it.
2: Look, I, I'll just um we'll touch on it briefly, but I've got four players in the top sixteen right now, killing it. I did wow. draw the Joker. Uh, <laughs> I've got um who else do I have? Um Malcolm Brogdon is a top sixteen player right now. Yeah, I've got mate. Paul George. I think's ranked about twelve. And then who, who's my last player in the top sixteen? It's it's hard to. Is it, it's hard to remember. It's hard to or remember. It was a Vucevic. Is it, it a bonus? That's right. It's Vučević. Uh, my yeah, understanding. He's, he's actually a top ten yeah.
1: player right now, so it's killing, killing it. it. Yeah, yeah. Conversely, me on the other, other other side of things, not doing so well with a few <laughs> players injured and, and not performing. But but it's still early in the season. We'll we'll see how things go. Hopefully, I can get some uh, some players back. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and and, and hopefully some uh, Michael Porter Jr. back soon to to help my team out. So. We'll see how it all shakes down and we'll, we'll, go, we'll let you guys know how things go in our league as well. So uh, thanks for listening again, guys. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video and follow us on Twitter at 4BoysNBA and we will catch you guys next time. See you later. Bye.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile